Hello and welcome to the stack. This time we're heading east, covering 1611, a new title by Kurt Lin, a bi-monthly business and finance title. Also on the show, Hong Kong's quarterly, Being Hong Kong. Enjoy the show. From Midori House in London, this is The Stack, 30 minutes of print industry analysis, and I am Fernando Augusto Pacheco. To start the show, a brand new publication. It's called 1611, a bi-monthly business and finance title. The magazine refers to the year when the first stock exchange was founded in Amsterdam. The title's founder is former Monaco staff Kurt Lin. The first issue is a thing of beauty with the cover illustration done by London-based Noma Barr, and the artistic director is Hong Kong-based Toby Eng. Kurt tells me more about the title and some of the highlights of the first issue. 1611 is the name of this new business and finance magazine to be out in January in, based in Taiwan. Currently, I'm based in Taipei, so the, the magazine will be out on the major bookshop, bookshelf, such as Lead and maybe Jutaya and some other major bookstores. Uh, why am I doing this uh, here? First of all, Taiwan is an amazing place. It's probably one of the most liberal places uh, for any editorial or publishing project. And second of all, it has. Uh, there are so many talents in the editorial scene, uh, from illustrator to photographer to writers to editors. There's so many talents uh, here. Like since I was, I, I was reporting constantly in Taiwan. I met so many editorial like talents in 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 this place, and uh, so I, I I just think it might as well that I should I should do something related to um, to editorial project uh, if I had the opportunity. And this magazine, uh, why now uh, doing a business and finance magazine, which is usually has a higher entry level because of the expertise and professional knowledge. And I see there's a gap of having kind of high quality journalism and reporting style for this generation uh, readers. When people in like in Taiwan, for example, or in, in Chinese reading market in general, if they want to learn about uh, business or finance, they have to read some very old and like aged and kind of old traditional like legacy media. So they, they of course, they would read. Bloomberg, they would read uh, Financial Times, they would read Economist, they would read uh, Monocle, they would read uh, a lot, uh, or, or the local media brands to learn, their, to, to, to kind of hone their craft of business and how to invest. But when everyone start reading these legacy traditional media brands, there is a gap of understanding. Like for example, there's so, just so many jargons and there's so many, uh, it's a huge and high wall of, of a professionalism. So if you're uh, new to this industry or this kind of field of knowledge, it is not an easy read for, for anyone, like, apart from Monaco, for example. So is there an opportunity for me to kind of share some kind of professional knowledge, such as investing or investment in general to a more general public? I think there's a big opportunity. That's why this is time to do it. And, and also uh, over the past, like in the past two years, there's uh, probably the highest number of new stock investors 
in Taiwan and not probably not just in Taiwan. When you during COVID time, you constantly read a lot of news about the retail investor joining, like in the U.S. stock market as well. Uh, so you know you, you read some very interesting news such as like Reddit and some GameStop, just uh, like the the hedge fund managers being bitten up by by a bunch of online retail investor. This kind of funny story that shows the demand of new age kind of financial knowledge and then how can we do a print media with high quality of photography high quality illustration high quality of writing but kind of tailor-made for this generation of reader i think uh, that's the opportunity here and that's why i started doing this and tell us why uh, 1611 it's, a, it's an interesting title for for the magazine like 1611 was the year that the uh, first stock exchange in our human history was ever open to the public in Amsterdam, in Netherlands. That's the year, like the first, the first stock issued to the public was uh, 1602 in, in, uh, in also in, in Netherlands. And uh, it was the East India Company, a bunch of adventurers uh, or entrepreneurs, they wanted to do business. They wanted to, to take the goods or take the, take the ship to sail to the Asia and explore and get a lot of treasures such as porcelain, tea, uh, spices, uh, all, all these good things. They wanted to sail and take the risks to the uncharted territory to explore to the world and bring it back to their own country. That's the dreams, you know? I, we really admire this kind of spirit of entrepreneurship. And uh, so it was the time that's kind of defining the modern capitalism and entrepreneurship. That's the birthplace and that's the time when like global entrepreneurs were born. And uh, so also like that was the first, first time uh, stock kind of issued to the general public. And in 1611 stock market or exchange square place, was first time open to the public because before that it was only privately traded. So there's only some kind of some kind of maybe aristocracy, uh, kind of richer people uh, to kind of trade their stocks of uh, East India Company privately, but not in the open square. And 1611 was the year where people can just go there and buy the stocks at the price that they want. I think it's super beautiful. And for example, I think that was one of the biggest uh, financial technology or financial innovation. Like right now, we're we are all talking about, oh, can we make a nicer app with a better user interface or a faster click, or it's all like on the screen. But deep down, what I, or what the team appreciate more is the human activity of doing business. A bunch of capitalists, they have their money to support the dreamers. And a bunch of dreamers, they have their dream, they have their mission, they have their business plan to sell and to pitch the people with excessive capital. So I think it, it was such a beautiful thing when there is a square, people go there to sell their dreams and then get the capital, sail to the uncharted island to get the goodies and then sell it back to people. It's such a beautiful human history. So in this year, I, I want to like, if I do do a magazine about business and finance, the origin of business finance, I think that's the year. And we want to honor and show our deep appreciation to those people back in time. It's a good choice. It's a good choice indeed. And, and, and one thing that I did notice uh, not only in Taiwan, but in other places, that there are more and more young people interested in finance, in, in investing, in stocks. But, but sometimes maybe you're right. Maybe the legacy media 
maybe they're too traditional conservative, maybe they're not so open for this kind of young generation. Do you want to talk to this new generation with your magazine when you when you think about the type of people that will buy this magazine? Is that kind of a an area that interests you, this kind of younger generation? What, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's actually a very good question because that's the most important question when we launch the magazine or decided to kind of turn it into public because like we all know uh, running a print media or even doing a media startup is extremely risky and not profitable maybe. And it's not an easy, like uh, uh, if, if we use the same, same skill set to maybe sell bubble tea or sell something more profitable, we could actually make more money than doing print media. But I think uh, we found a business model that we target, we, we started with a question of who do we want to serve with our print media and our content? We design it like any products. Uh, we start from who do we want to talk to? Uh, what kind of story we want to tell them? Is our story worth reading, like by our targeted readers? So we kind of started with research of how big of the potential uh, readership in Taiwan, for example. So we did a little research. There are about 23 million in, in Taiwan, and there are about 19 million people that have financial needs, and uh, over 5 million people uh, have active trading account. And uh, there are only very few media outlets that kind of tell the business and financial story and knowledge with them. And all these existing medias are the traditional and legacy media. And so we find a better way to tell the story and share knowledge to these people. So uh, we kind of started a, a top-down research of doing this business to kind of minimize the risk of uh, you know, running just two years of print media and then we, we, we have to raise the fund or we have to uh, sell our shares or we, we have to do, uh, you know, we, we, we go bankrupt, but we want to focus. If we target the right market, it will sell. And if we produce a high quality journalism, it will sell. So that's, uh, let's see how it goes. And just give us the details. So it's, it's out in mid-January and of course you'll be sold in Taiwan, but you mentioned perhaps in some places in Hong Kong as well. Yeah, because uh, now we have agreed to, uh, like the, the magazine will be out on the bookshelves of Athlete, and which is uh, one of the best bookstore brands in Asia. And they have uh, retail channels uh, also in, in some cities in China and also in Hong Kong. And uh, perhaps if we work well with them and if sold well in, in Taiwan, and I believe they might say, oh, the chief like the editor-in-chief of this magazine is from Hong Kong as well. We sell the, 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 the good product back in the Hong Kong bookshelf. And uh, so if we do well, uh, maybe work with Jitaya, like Jitaya Bookstore also has amazing network in Japan. And there's a, like a huge interest of Taiwanese culture and also Hong Kongese culture in Japan right now. So they might also consider selling this if, if we do well. The first issue of 1611 is out now. And for more info, do drop Kurt a line to contact at 1611.com.tw. Being Hong Kong is a quarterly title launched in 2018 that focuses exclusively on the history, culture, and daily life of Hong Kong. 
Past issues have focused on a single topic, including food, streets, and the island of Lantau, and contributors range from local writers and photographers to musicians who compose songs for the magazine, and artists whose paintings are tucked inside in the special foldouts. Being Hong Kong's co-founders, editorial director Jessica Wong and publisher Lung King Chong refer to their thick tome as a bookazine. Monaco's Naomi Shu Elegan talks to Wong and Lung to find out more. Hong Kong is a very special uh, city and accumulate a lot of uh, the, uh, culture and uh, stories. And even though we work in the media industry for a long time and we have... Uh, take out a lot of um, uh, stories from the local community in when we work in the main Paul Weekly and uh, our website company. But it seems there's no publication or no media that's uh, dedicated to the uh, Hong Kong uh, city. So at that time, we think that is it possible to start a print media that uh, uh, focus on the uh, present the stories of Hong Kong. So that's the very original idea of, uh, of being Hong Kong. It's very simple. And maybe at that time, there's a lot of friends and um, uh, media people that they, they are so curious why we start the um, media still in a primitive form. Because uh, at that moment, we have already worked in the online uh, platform already. But I think print media is very meaningful to especially to present some of kind of in-depth uh, stories and that could not be replaced by online. Maybe Mr. Long can share more on the, the thinking on the relationship of the online or... I started working in the, in the newspaper in 1979 as a journalist and then I, I, I worked into Ming Pao Weekly for 20 years and or mainly uh, paper publications. And then there's a new project, it's called a new media, we call uh, online uh, platforms, and was very excited at that time. But after working for two or three years, I discovered that I'm not uh, very used to this environment because uh, maybe maybe it's just because of that company that uh, we're very much on a content farm environment, which is, I, I, I find it wrong. I've spent for so many years, I'm still working on that. And I discovered that uh, there's some sort of art form which is uh, disappearing, which is the art of um, magazine editing. I mean... Magazine editing is not like uh, you put an article or, or a, a web editor that you put an article which is very fragmented on the, on the web, that you have something tangible and like a curator that you have to curate every issue, make use of the typography, make use of the photos, uh, illustration and how to guide the readers step by step into the story instead of you know you can read the A article instead of the B and then you know it's, it's something totally different and I find discovered that oh come on it is something which is dying maybe one day if nobody is going to do this this art form is, is, is it is will be finished so I decided okay can we do something like that I mean can we go back to the print, and I believe, of course, when I tell people that I'm going back to the print, and they are you crazy, you've been doing it now? And 
everybody you know not very confident on what we were we were doing we asked uh, our um, distributor to categorize it in the in the book section instead of the magazine section because um even though this is a magazine you can see its form is more like a book instead of just a very mass production magazine so you can put it in the book stand for all the year yeah and, and actually a lot of our readers they when they buy the first one after they bought the first one they try to recap all of the past issue yeah so i think we need to rethink the whole system of how to run a, a print matter in the digital age So the magazine comes out four times a year. Could you talk a bit about how you decide the themes for each issue, or what to put in each issue, and how you work with writers and photographers and and uh, artists and anyone else? Actually, if you see the, our past issue, we have covered a lot of topics, and uh, it can be about the local communities, the local local neighborhoods, about arts and design, and uh, the nature of Hong Kong, and uh, the history, everything, because. Uh, I think um, the nature of this uh, bookazine is also different from the magazines before. As you know, traditionally, there's a fashion magazine, uh, uh, a movie magazine, sport magazine. They try to the categorizations like that. But in this uh, bookazine, we try to focus on Hong Kong. Hong Kong is the keyword for this magazine instead of fashion or sport or art and culture. And who would you say is your target or intended audience for the for the publication? Before we launched the bookazine, we imagined ah maybe the readers are more mature, but finally we found that the young people, the young generation, are very very interested on this bookazine, and uh, we we finally find out the reason why because. Uh, Maybe in a school or in their daily life, they could not find the same publication that telling the, the Hong Kong history in this way. What I believe is that if you've done something with your heart, if you've done something with, with good quality, and if you are the market leader, at least we have less competition. Nobody is doing the print. Everything the print is dying. Okay, I said, okay, I give a monument. At least I want to do a monument for the for the print. For each issue, uh, we use at least four or five kinds of paper to present different stories, and we use some gavels or uh, posters to to if we find the stories. Yes, you you need to present like that. For example, for the second issue, we have um, we try to present a local artist. He has a painting that he he draw the mountains in Taipo. And because you see, his his painting is a the very traditional Chinese ink ink paint. So we pick up a very special paper. This is more like a Japanese washi, and to present the painting like that. But it is very very difficult when we have the production in the painting factory, and everybody complain, except the artist because he loves it so much. After we. Printed out because even though his catalog, he could not use this way to present his artwork like that. Yeah, so that's why I think this is a kind of um surprise surprise for the readers that they find that actually a uh, print matters is not what they they experienced before. Uh, for the autumn issue, we touch about uh the the Hong Kong streets and this is 
very, very popular. We can tell from the response of the reader we met in our pop-up store and the markets. And uh, for this issue, a lot of people, they have very quick expectation because we're talking about the Hong Kong food the Hong Kong local food. And uh, because, you know, the Hong Kong people love food very much. And uh, there's uh, many special local foods that they it can represent the, um, not only the history, but also the lifestyle and uh, the city, uh, how the city planning is changing. It represents a lot. But why we use the food issue, food as a, a topic, is because it is a collective experience. And... Uh, for the cha chan tang, this is uh, popular from my grandma to to the young generation. This is a, we try to connect the people using our stories. So I think the and food uh, uh, because December is a kind of a festive season. So I think food is a, the topic is uh, quite suitable for this seasons to, to, to tell. And uh, just like before, we invite twenty something artists, illustrators, writers to join our um, our content and uh, some of them from based in Japan, in London, in uh, in different parts of the world and of course most of them based in Hong Kong and uh, some of them are collectors, uh, they collect a lot of items and we also invite architects because when we're talking about food, we're not only talking about food itself but also the topics related to food. Uh, one of the big features is about the market, the open market in Hong Kong, because uh, you can buy very fresh and very local food from the open market. And we study a lot on the changes of the local uh, food market from the past um, 60 years. And we case study one of the biggest uh, open market in Hong Kong, that is in Canton Road in Kowloon side. And we invite uh, an a, a illustrator to draw a very big piece of map feature every stores on the Mongkok market and she also writes some uh, very short story about each store and this is very, very interesting very exciting we we when i saw her her illustration i feel so impressed and we all we even we imagine maybe we can have a pop-up in the in the web market maybe it is very cool to do that if we can make it And that's it for this week's show. My thanks to our editor, Nora Ho. If you have any comments or queries, feel free to drop me a line at fp at monaco.com. And remember, we're back next Saturday at the same time. And meanwhile, you can always listen again at monaco.com or subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Before we go, a little song for you. It's Milton Nascimento with Notícias do Meu Brasil. You've been listening to The Stack. I'm Fernando Augusto Pacheco. Until next time. It's goodbye from me. Uma notícia está chegando lá do Maranhão. Andou no rádio, no jornal ou na televisão. Veio no vento que soprava lá no litoral. De Fortaleza, de Recife, de Natal. A boa nova foi ouvida em Belém, Manaus. João Pessoa, Teresina e Aracaju. E lá do norte foi descendo pro Brasil Central. Chegou em Minas, já nasceu bem lá no sul.